Welcome to Is This Working, a podcast about the messy parts of work with me, Anna Codrerado. And me, Tiffany Philippou. Today we're talking about Zoom, the good, the bad and the ugly of video conferencing. Have you tried typing how do I into Google lately? Because if you did, it would auto-populate with how do I use Zoom as the top answer, which I just think says so much. It really does. It's a sign of our times. And it also just really encapsulates how we've been thrown on mass into using this product and we don't really know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. But we're also at the same time, we're kind of all expected to use it and to know how to use it, hence the frantic Googling. Um, So we did a bit of Twitter journalism for this episode and we asked our listeners and Twitter followers for their Zoom stories. And what came back was super interesting. So we heard from Nicholas Slauson, who said that she would happily take an hour Zoom call where she can wear pretty much whatever she likes, uh, at least on the bottom half, um, and have access to her own food and snacks rather than be in a stuffy meeting room, in a stuck in an uncomfortable chair with weak tea and shit biscuits. Um, and that she would much, she's much happier Zooming than she is going and having actually in-person meetings. I totally get that. Just the comfort of being able to go to your own kitchen and make your own cup of tea and not have to navigate the office kitchen is just so lovely. So I to- I'm totally with Nicola on that one. Yeah, I I think this also, you know, we'll get more into this in the episode, but you know, this, I think this really, the, the conversation about Zoom, of course, is also a conversation about meetings themselves and sort of the right quote unquote, right and wrong way to do a meeting. Uh, And that if you are forced to do a meeting, because let's be real, no one likes meetings, who wouldn't be happier just doing it at home? Um, Not to mention, you know, have the travel time and kind of all of that stuff. So if we're talking about Zoom as a meeting replacement, yes, I am all for it. What I do think is really cool and okay, fine, a bit nerdy about this sudden shift to Zoom is that we're actually getting to see how work is changing in real time. And I know this sounds kind of dramatic, but it really is a historic moment that we're going through. And I kind of think about how this must be like when the fax machine first came into offices or the beginning of the adoption of email. So, you know, obviously Zoom itself is not new and video conferencing isn't new, but the mass adoption of it is. And there is no way that this isn't going to change work in a really fundamental way. So I I do think that we should revel in the fact that we are living in a historic work moment. That sounds so glamorous, doesn't it? When the reality is actually everybody quickly tidying their rooms or surroundings before they dial in for a Zoom call and their hair is all over the place and whatever it might be. But yes, you're right. It is a historical moment and it is going to change work forever. It's funny you mention the rushing around to tidy up your room before going on a Zoom call because... um, One of my worst Zoom experiences recently was an interview that I was doing with someone, incidentally for a piece that I was writing about the future of work. And I was asking him about how, you know, Zoom has changed the the, the dynamics between workers and 
you are quite literally bringing someone into your home when you have a Zoom conversation with them. And I was asking him about, about this. And he kind of went on to this tangent saying that he didn't really understand people who didn't use the virtual background feature in Zoom. So there is actually a feature in Zoom where you can put up a virtual background and he did have one on and I didn't. And so I did say to him, because I kind of felt, is he making a dig at me because I don't have a virtual background? And I said to him, the reason I'm not don't have a virtual background on is because my computer is too old and I've tried to use it. But if you have an old computer, it doesn't support that technology. And I did feel just a little bit shamed, I guess, because I sort of had to admit to this guy that my computer was too old. And, you know, of course the implication in there is, oh, I can't afford a better computer. And that's just something that just can make you feel really uncomfortable. And there, and and that is this new thing that I guess, you know, a key thing that's come out of all of this business with Zoom is how all of these unspoken tensions and awkward awkwardness, I guess, around the around work being in your home has all been brought to the fore all in this video conferencing. Yeah. And literally no one's left untouched by it. We saw all the drama with politicians and which books they had in their bookshelf. It's really touching so many aspects of different jobs and types of workers. And as you say, like on the one hand, it's a bit of a leveler because you're getting a window into people's homes. So maybe you see that your boss is almost more of a human because they're in this sort of homely setting. Um, But the other side of that is obviously, you know, it can be a bit embarrassing or intimate. Um, I, you know, for example, I have to mostly do my calls in my bedroom because I share a space with a flatmate and, you know, you can see my bed in the background. So, you know, I'm thinking about if I'm doing a webinar or coaching training, basically a bunch of strangers, so not even colleagues are looking at my bed yeah, and that's something that you would never have experienced in the before times. You know, you would you would never bring a coaching client into your bedroom. I mean, I really hope you wouldn't, <laughs> but um, you know, you don't. That's not where you would do your work. You, that's not where you know. Th- that's for the kind of unseen work, and not to mention also for most people who are having to zoom from their bedrooms, it's it's often for space reasons or sometimes also for another another kind of big reason for this is to do with your internet connect and you know your connectivity and your internet connection. And I think that is, is something that is actually also really important to remember that um, for as brilliant as the technology is, if you if your internet isn't strong enough, then the whole thing is just not going to work. And um we actually did hear from someone when we asked for Zoom stories. We heard from um, Amy Caitlin, who uh, wrote back to our tweet about Zoom, and she's pointed out that she has a real problem with her internet connection and that her and her partner can't video call at the same time. And um, that's something that I think is really kind of, we, we can't forget that, especially in the UK, we have a massive uh, rural broadband problem where rural areas just don't have the same internet speeds and the connectivity is just really, really lacking. Um, I think about kind of, you know, my dad's house who lives out in the countryside and he his internet is absolutely terrible. There is no way that I would be able to do any Zoom calls from there. So that's the other thing that we have to remember. When you go into an office, everyone has access to the same equipment, to the same internet speed. You, it's all, it is the office, as much as we you know, especially me and you, we are not fans of the office, but it is a democratic neutral space where everyone is given the same tools. And 
at least the way we're working right now, that is not the case for most of us. So until we kind of, if, if companies were to go ahead and continue working from home, they would need to find a way to provide their workers with the same equipment and the same kind of entry points to do their work. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, buy their people Wi-Fi boosters or whatever it might be, because I personally just hearing you speak, I've, it's a lot of mental exhaustion that goes in to the planning around sharing the space and the Internet, um, because it only really works well in one room. And that's just really tricky. So I, it's actually probably extremely exhausting for us as well to have to navigate that. And also it's one more way, surely, you know, for, so you, for example, where you are sharing a space and you are living and working in it, it's just, it's just one more way in which our working world and our, uh, personal lives are kind of blurring and getting even more entangled than they were before. Yeah. It's that work and life coming together, but in this scenario, it, it's also the physical space for everybody and you're exposing your life to your colleagues or whoever you're talking to. Um, Nicole Jensen tweeted us saying that um, in one team meeting on a Friday afternoon, they had the works, they had the boss's kids were acting up. So he went and hid in a closet. Um, she said her mum came to visit and everyone wanted to say hello. And then the cops came by looking for my neighbour. And then she said that meeting achieved nothing. Um, but that really is an illustration of just like normal life happening in what is essentially the workspace. But because that workspace is all video and digital now, it's all coming together in the same place. It's really interesting because I, I, a part of me kind of hopes that if you're, if you're a boss and you see what your workers are actually going through. And if Zoom gives you that quite literal window into your workers' lives, you can't not unsee the actual life that happens around them. And I do have this hope, I've said it before in previous episodes of the podcast when we were talking about how the pandemic might change work. I do hope it will bring out more empathy in the workplace because we just have to accept and get comfortable with the fact that, you know, home life is going to happen in the background of our Zoom calls. There will be babies crying. There will be dogs doing stupid stuff and, you know, life is happening right there. And I think hopefully maybe we'll move away from this idea that, you know, you're supposed to bring your professional self to work and you're supposed to pretend that you have no personal life and that you have to hold everything together. Sometimes you do have these days where everything goes wrong and maybe Zoom is going to provide that way for us to break down those boundaries and those barriers in a way that actually can possibly be positive. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, when Zoom works, it works really well. So um, lots of companies are finding that a lot of the business travel they did was unnecessary and they managed to have very productive meetings over Zoom without anyone have to travel. So all the time being wasted for that. So um, yeah, there's that discovery that most meetings work well enough without all that expense and travel, then obviously the environmental impact of business travel. So that's also very interesting what's happening there as well. I do think it'll be really interesting to see what happens to the office and what is the future of the office, because I think a conversation about the rise of video conferencing is also in parallel, a conversation about the demise of the office and will what will workplaces of the very near future look like. 
my hope is that they that we don't return to a world in which people are expected to be in the office Monday to Friday, nine to five. And instead the office turns more into some kind of hub almost. And that when going into the office is necessary, it's done very intentionally because I do, I do think that you can't, you can't have work happen a hundred percent remote and you can't always be working in displaced teams everywhere. I do think that you need to come together every now and then, but it would be really great to see the office just become a bit more of an innovative space that isn't isn't the place where you it, basically the office needs to stop being the place where you're expected to do the deep work and it needs to be more of a cultural place yeah like this kind of hub basically yeah definitely because zoom is not a replacement for in person interactions and relationship building like it's it, it you know i've done quite a lot of zooms with people i don't know and it's just not the same as actually meeting people. So um, there definitely needs to be a bit of a hybrid solution to the on and the offline. Yeah. How, you know, ha- have you done any kind of virtual coffees? Yeah. So I was going to say, you know, what we're seeing with Zoom goes far beyond simply companies having meetings over it. There's been a whole revolution of usage of it. So, I mentioned my coaching training that's normally done in person over a weekend, but instead that was all done on zoom. And similarly, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a networking coffee coming up where, um, yeah, it's great. Like I don't have to leave the house. Um, and I can just chill in my room with my bed in the background (laughs) with a coffee (laughs) and get to know someone. And it's just so much less, you know, less of a time investment, I suppose. And it's going to be really interesting. And I just think we're going to see Zoom being used more and more in quite innovative ways. Obviously, we're seeing a rise in events over Zoom as well. Yes, I've, I've, well, we've actually both together hosted events over Zoom. And because before all of this, I used to host in-person events and now I do them over Zoom. I've done, I've done, um, panel events, but I've also done just sort of talking events where I'm just the only one talking. And I will say that, especially for panel events, I way prefer the Zoom alternative to doing them in person. I feel so much less stressed out by it than I do an in-person event. Whereas whenever I had an in-person event, I'd always get to the venue early and I would have that classic panic the sort of half hour before the doors are supposed to open where you that feeling of no one's going to show up to my party um whereas I don't get that on the internet I'm not sure why um but it just feels a lot more straightforward that being said I haven't experienced anything like I haven't had any kind of experience of um being zoom bombed or the internet going out or anything anything like that that really can be an absolute disaster um but my experience so far has been quite positive of that and Also to your point about the innovative uses of Zoom, those are the ones that I find the most exciting. Um, And, you know, this doesn't actually sound that revolutionary or kind of that groundbreaking, but my favorite way of using Zoom is actually how me and you use it to co-work. So uh, we used to, aside from actually physically recording the podcast together, which we now do remotely, incidentally, not on Zoom, um, but we did used to have meetings together where we would do a bit of um, of the sort of behind the scenes of the podcast. And then we would get on with some podcast work together, but in sort of 
well, not in silence, but, you know, just like chatting away on our laptops. We've now translated that to Zoom. So we set up our laptops with the Zoom on and then we have um, monitors, external monitors as well. So we work on the external monitors and have each other's faces on our laptops. And it's basically like, you know, like we're sat together, sat next to each other at a desk. And I have found that to be so brilliant because it's really, really helped me. Um, a, it helps me get my work done, but also B, it's really helped with the loneliness of working throughout lockdown. And um, and that's the stuff that gets me most excited about Zoom is is not the sort of face-to-face meetings, because quite frankly, I think most of the time you could be using a phone for that, but it's these more innovative ways of using the technology. Definitely. And I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if we kept up that Zoom co-working thing, even when we can meet up. Yeah. And, you know, I've also seen it. I've seen this co-working happening at scale. There's the London's Writers Salon who do a writing hour every morning where it's just hundreds of people sat with their Zooms muted, just writing. And it's just basically being used as an accountability, um, as an accountability tool. So it is happening. The innovation is there. Yeah, I really love that. And I think also as an attendee of events, when I'm going to that event for content or even for community, it's so nice being able to have people from all over the world be there and everyone's sort of typing away on the chat and you're kind of getting to know everybody online and then you all follow each other on social. It actually feels a lot more like you're a part of something than actually when you go in person and if you're a bit weird and awkward like me, you just sort of sit in the corner and kind of look down. Um, it's much, it feels a bit more sociable. I think that Zoom very much is the tool for the introverts. Um, and that, yes, actually, if I think about it, I have done much better networking on online events, in online events than I have in the past in real person events. Yeah, exactly. And it's just so nice as well. If I'm going to an event of an author I like or something, I can just be there, watch it, then go and have my dinner afterwards. Uh, I don't have to travel. It's just, it just feels really nice and it's just a much more enjoyable experience, really. Shall we take a short break and then talk about Zoom fatigue? Hey, is this working listeners? We've got some exciting news for you. We're now on Patreon, which is a platform for supporting creators. And you can find us at patreon.com slash is this working show. If you support us on Patreon, we've made some really fun benefits for you that will improve your working life, including early access to the episodes before everyone else. And when you support us on Patreon, you'll be joining our growing community of friendly work buddies. I like to think of our Patreon community kind of like the world's best staff room, a place to hang out and shoot the shit about work. So come and find us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash is this working show. See you there. Uh, 
earlier you talked about how you're less nervous when you're doing events over Zoom versus when you were doing them in person. And a friend of mine actually said that when she's pitching for new business and presenting, she similarly used to get nervous all morning and sort of the night before. Whereas now, even though she's doing exactly the same thing over Zoom, she's much less, she just gets a little bit nervous a few minutes before. And it makes me think that actually there's probably quite a lot of positive ways that people are, Zoom is impacting our working lives because another thing the same friend told me was that for a Zoom meeting on the whole, everybody shows up on time and is present. Whereas previously in offices, people would be late, often the more senior people who you actually needed to be in the room. And so you couldn't really start. So a lot of time was wasted. Whereas in Zoom, I mean, you could, what excuse can you really use for being late for a Zoom call? Um, so that's a really positive sign from Zoom, I think. And if I unpack why don't I feel as nervous, I think it is actually to do with the fact that I'm in my home and I feel like I'm quite literally on home ground. So I feel a lot more in control and I feel comfortable in my environment. And also this is really stupid, but this is just, an, it, this is kind of a insight into how to, the inner workings of my mind works. But um, I do also feel that if the worst case were to happen and let's say I completely froze or I don't know, something went really wrong and I just didn't want to, I couldn't do the event anymore. All I would have to do is just shut the laptop and then suddenly everyone goes away. Um, it's not like I'm standing there in a, on a stage in a room full of people. For me to leave, I would have to quite literally run off the stage, which yes, of course you could do. But I don't know, I just feel a lot more in control and um, it just doesn't feel as scary. I think also partly because you don't, you're not looking at the people, you can't actually see the people uh, you know, in the flesh and it doesn't quite feel quite so real almost. I mean, it very much is virtual. And I do actually think that can really, really help from, um, from the point of view of the person who's doing the delivery and who might be feeling nervous. Yeah. But at the same time, I think you have to bring a lot more energy over video, um, because some of that natural vibe is kind of lost. So you have to almost put on like 1.5%, you know, double your performance to get the energy up because naturally over video, I think it's quite flat. Yes. One thing I will say about doing events on Zoom is that I've now done two different types of events. I've done panel and Q&A discussions where it's been me and at least one other person on the call. And we've been kind of bouncing off of each other. And that's been a lot easier to kind of keep the energy up. But then I've also done solo webinars where it's only me talking into the computer. And because it's been live streamed, it's not a Zoom meeting. So you'd actually don't even see the tiles with the people's faces on it. You're just talking into the camera and really you can only see yourself on the screen. And that is absolutely exhausting and you have no feedback. So when you're talking to a room of people, so if I think about the times that I've delivered a talk and I felt nervous to a live room of people, you do have the feedback from people's face. You know, you have, you have the feedback from people's faces. You have the nonverbal cues that you can pick up on and you can, um, you feel more comfortable rather than when you're just talking into the void and you have no idea how people are receiving you. So, so that definitely is something to kind of just to think about. 
Definitely. And my friend was saying that um, you lose a lot of the fizz of a room, which often helps with spontaneous ideas. So if your job is to come up with creative ideas, it's really hard to do that in a one hour contained video call. Whereas if it's like you're all in the room and the energy is just like bouncing around, it's much better for ideation. Yeah, completely. And then there's the well-known Zoom fatigue. Yes, I think this is the biggest problem with Zoom, Zoom fatigue. Because when we asked people for stories on Twitter about Zoom, pretty much everyone wrote back to say how much they dread it because they find it so exhausting. So, you know, getting really drained as a result of being on endless video calls is something that's very real and that lots of people do suffer with. Um, So we heard from Naomi Joseph who wrote to us and said, For work, I find it's a different kind of emotional and physical fatigue. I think at times people use Zoom because they feel they need to show that they're working and it's a, and it's performative and it's this performative nature that is exhausting and and unnecessary. A video call can be a phone call or an email. Yes. And Samuel Dunstan said that Zoom fatigue is exhausting. Zoom is exhausting and Zoom fatigue basically is just that draining feeling that you get as a result of being on endless video calls. Um, And it very much is a real thing. And it's understood to happen because being on a video call requires more focus than face-to-face conversations do. So we need to work harder to process those nonverbal cues like facial expressions and tone and pitch of voice and body language and stuff like that. So Basically, we have to pay more attention when we're on a video call and that just consumes more energy. And so we get tired, a lot more tired, a lot faster. That makes sense because if I'm presenting or running a webinar, I'm fine. If I'm attending a webinar or an event, so I just have to sit and be a participant and not engage, then I'm fine. But if I'm on meeting with more than two people for a long time or a social meeting, whatever they're called. (laughs) Um, And I would just crash and I just had to get off. I just had to leave. Um, And I'd be itching. I just suddenly just crash. And I don't get that in real life. And if anything, actually, if I'm with people in a room, my energy levels just go up and up and up. So it's a really unique feeling that only happens in those contexts. Yeah. And, and it actually, and it very much is because not only do you need to work harder to pay attention, but you're actually battling against the fact that it's a lot easier to lose focus. So it's really easy to zone out and lose focus in a video call. And then it's harder to catch up on what's happening. So, you know, if, if that, if you sort of drift off in a meeting in person or in a kind of social conversation, it's quite easy to pick up on what you missed or you can even kind of like nudge the person next to you and they can just quickly kind of like whisper to you what you missed. You can't do that on a video call. So you kind of have to focus a hundred percent of the time. And then on top of all of that, yet another layer to the Zoom problem is this phenomenon that only happens on video calls, which is known as the constant gaze. So you have to focus, you have to look squarely into the computer and into the camera and focus solely on the, you know, the other person talking, which is actually not how you communicate in real life. If you were in a meeting, you wouldn't just be staring directly at someone the whole time. And so that kind of tunnel vision that you have to do, and that sort of very focused, constant gaze, that also adds to all of this. 
and it's essentially it's 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 just a completely new way of communicating and one that takes quite a lot of time to get used to and we've been thrust into into this and there are lots of people right now whose jobs currently consist of back-to-back zoom calls so i will say that you know luckily enough yes i've had how I have to use Zoom for work, but you know it's not on a it's not on a super regular basis. But any time that I have had back to back Zoom meetings, it's just it's wiped me out. And of course, then there's the fact that on Zoom calls, often we're looking at ourselves, and humans have not evolved to look at themselves as they talk. So that's extremely exhausting as well. I mean, could you imagine being in a meeting room where? we all we're all obviously in a meeting but we've also been given mirrors and we have to also stare at ourselves whilst participating in the meeting and i don't know if you ever ha- have actually been in a meeting room where there are mirrors and you keep catching glimpses of yourself in the mirror it is very disarming so you know it's no surprise that we feel weird about it however maybe i'll save this actually i'll save this for the practical part at the end but i have a really good tip for getting over that she does. It's changed my life. So um, stay with us. But I also find that people use Zoom when they could just use the phone. This business of using Zoom when a phone call would suffice is one of my biggest pet peeves of this new digital etiquette landscape that we're in at the moment. As I mentioned, I've been working from home long before the pandemic, and yet. All of a sudden, I'm now being bombarded with requests to go on Zoom calls. And it just feels completely backwards to me because we have this opportunity now to work from the comfort and privacy of our own homes. So why are we all rushing to fill up our diaries with unnecessary Zoom calls? It's basically a replacement for the unnecessary meeting. More often than not, that Zoom call could be an email or a phone call. And I just, I don't really know. Well, I do know where it comes from. It's, it's to do with this. Um, it's to do with this presenteeism and the need to feel like you're, you know, you want to be seen doing your work. Yes. I could not agree with you more. I really like the phone. I find it very efficient and you can also just pick it up. And if the person's not available, they don't have to answer. I also get a bit frustrated by all the scheduling And what I also love about the phone, which is kind of completely in contrast with what we were just saying about what causes Zoom fatigue, is you, when you're on the phone, it's just you and the person's voice. And so you're listening in a far more intentional way. And that actually builds a lot of intimacy and makes you really focus on what each other are saying. And that is a far more connected interaction than this sort of video it's almost like faux intimacy just because you can see each other. Yeah. I mean, I, my, my preference for doing, you know, I'm a journalist and I have to do a lot of interviews and my number one preference obviously is to do the interview face to face. But to be honest, even before the pandemic, that's quite, it's, it's a rarity because most people are either uh, too far away or, you know, it takes too much time to travel or whatever it might be. And then my next preference is to talk on the phone because you actually get so much out of people when you talk to them on the phone. I don't like interviewing people over Zoom. I don't like them seeing me kind of, because it looks like I'm not paying attention because I'm making notes or something or I'm not looking at the screen. But I find that I get the, I get the best out of my interview subjects when I'm talking to them on the phone. 
Yeah, I mean, Zoom shouldn't become the kind of the new email slash Slack, which is like another work tool that's in theory meant to make our lives easier, but actually ends up making us more stressed. I could not agree more. I mean, I think it's I think it's really easy for companies to embrace new technology and it on the surface seems like the company's really innovative and progressive, but actually all you've done is just taken a bunch of bad office habits that you had in the physical office and you've just taken them online. And you know, so what I mean by that is defaulting to a Zoom meeting when really you could just be picking up the phone. That is a problem. That kind of, that sort of is the same as the sort of endless meetings that were completely pointless. And, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could see companies actually use Zoom or whatever video conferencing tool they're using a bit more innovatively. So maybe adopt a kind of phone call first approach to meetings where your default should be this needs to be a phone call and there almost needs to be specific reason and justification for why it needs to be a video call. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I just think in general with Zoom etiquette, it obviously depends on your company culture because obviously there's a lot of talk about like, what do you have to wear when you're on a Zoom call? What do you have to look like? And I think how professional you need to be does just depend on your context and you should respond accordingly. I think that's also part of embracing the fact that this, that tools do also, how we use tools is part of what our company culture is like. So I think that it's quite telling if employees don't know what they should be wearing or what they should or shouldn't be doing, you know, kind of, I've, I've heard people sort of ask whether or not they should be vaping on a Zoom call or is it okay for you to kind of Zoom from your bedroom and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think it is also a, is it is also the owner should be on the leaders of companies to ex, to instill a culture where people know whether or not these kinds of things are okay. And it shouldn't just be these unspoken rules. I think that's when uh, employees, particularly junior employees can, can feel really, really uncomfortable. And that's not to say that I think, you know, companies need to go around and issue very strict criteria of what, what you can, you know, rules about Zoom, what you can and can't do. But I do think some kind of guidelines are probably necessary so that people feel comfortable. It goes back to kind of what I'm saying about making sure that you're not instilling new bad habits in these new tools. Should we talk a little bit about some of our favorite practical tips for managing Zoom? Because if one thing's for sure, it's certainly not going anywhere anytime soon. Yes. And I have a game changing tip for Zoom. For anyone who doesn't know, there is a feature called turn off self view. And that is not turning off your camera. That is turning off your your view of yourself. So you can click those three little dots in the top right-hand corner and click turn off self-view and that will prevent you from seeing your own face on the screen, but the other people will still be able to see you. I promise you it's a game changer. It just, it stops you getting really distracted by your own face when you're supposed to be having a call with someone. It is an absolute game changer And I've told a couple of people about it and they've said, oh, but I want to see my face to make sure people can see me and blah, blah, blah. In real life, you don't see your face when you're communicating with people and you do fine. So turn it off. 
it's only stressing you out to see your own face, or at least it's only stressing me out. So turn off your face. Um, what tips do you have for best practice Zoom? I would treat Zoom like you would any normal meeting. So what I mean by that is it depends on the type of Zoom and to kind of like pep yourself up accordingly. So I put makeup on for a Zoom where I'm presenting or I might put on real clothes or say I'm co-working with you, I might not be dressed or have anything or just look a bit mad. So I think, you know, not all Zooms are made equal. And I just to try and get in the right headspace, either through my appearance or sometimes I jump up and down or go for a walk to get ready. But yeah, I feel like Zoom, Zoom, you're entering a certain space and you need to sort of, even if you're at home, you need to get into the mindset of that space because you are entering a room, even though it's virtual and how you need to be within each one of those different rooms does change. Oh yeah, I love that because it is true. When I go on Zoom calls with you, I am often in my grotty hoodie, not my nice hoodie, my grotty hoodie. So I have two different types of hoodies and um, my hair is often not brushed. Whereas if I'm doing an external client facing meeting, I will kind of pull myself together a bit more, um, which is as I would do in real life. I would go around to your house in my bad hoodie, unfortunately. Sorry, Tiffany, I think I need to make more effort for you. Um, but that that is our company culture, that we can be relaxed and we can, um, we can kind of uh, turn up in not our fineries for our work, our work meetings. Yeah, I feel like you should uh, make more of an effort in this relationship, Anna. It makes me feel like you don't... <laughs> I think this is a conversation for our uh, our own private therapist. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. And also we don't need to get into a certain headspace, which you do for certain other work contexts. And so I think it's just good to sort of try and recreate that mentality, even though you're not going anywhere. And similarly, we've talked about this already, but d- we do encourage the use of phone calls and just being really protective over your Zoom time so I actually reject quite a lot of zoom requests and I keep them to the minimum possible so if you're able to set those boundaries for yourself just say no to any unnecessary zooms yes adopt a phone call first approach where you try to get the person to talk to you on the phone rather than on video Um, particularly if you don't know them very well or if you don't know each other there really isn't I mean, obviously there can be a good reason why you would need to do a video call, but by and large, that would probably be fine as a phone call. So definitely try and have a phone call over a Zoom call whenever you can. And there you go. That's our tips for managing Zoom. So we hope you found this helpful. Yeah, I'm all Zoomed out now. So uh, I'm going to go. I'll click. Let's leave the meeting for all. Bye. Bye. You are listening to Is This Working, hosted by Anna Cogerado and Tiffany Philippou, produced by Chris Bannister. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and please do subscribe to the show and leave us a review as we're trying to get to number one in the careers charts. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.